You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan, and it is Jets Week. This is Rivalry Week. We're right in the heart of it. I got Florida Georgia Saturday, Jets Giants on Sunday. It's one of those classic get up at 6 a.m. and get on a plane. So I am ready. I'll have plenty of adrenaline in me. Hopefully we come out with two wins. Realistically, this giant game is my real shot for a victory this weekend. So the Giants are technically hosting the New York Jets on Sunday, October 29th at 1 o'clock at MetLife Stadium. A Halloween game before we get into the preview episode here. Um, I will be drinking beer by Autodidact Brewing. And specifically, I'm drinking Amanda's Wings which uh, all proceeds of this beer, specific beer, go to foundation called Melissa's Wings, which is for cancer research. So um, this is the beer to check out. The reason I'm promoting this beer free of charge, um, free of charge, like I'm famous. Um, <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> uh, is because it is a small business that makes a quality product just like this podcast. So have a beer by Autodidact. Tell a friend about Just Giants. And uh, we had a little bit of it, recent yeah, Giants news here with this Jets-Giants rivalry here coming up. Um, Carl Banks on the fan um, caused – I mean, I, I guess he got kicked off. I, people said that he left the show. I, I don't know. It sounded to me like he got kicked off the show. I, I don't know. Um, they were arguing over Kayvon Thibodeau and uh, his impact and how you grade him and all that nonsense. So uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? I just it, it really amazes me how far down the pecking order sports radio has become as far as relevance and making fans entertained and making them smarter. I mean, I, I everything now in in sports radio is just you know it, it's it's the audio version of Twitter where it's all about clickbaits. I mean, why are we having even having a conversation about Kayvon Thibodeau actually even being a bust or not? I mean, you know, we said this a hundred thousand times in the show. There are so many great podcasts out there and so many good writers and so many good bloggers out there that, you know, if you if you listen to Talking Giants or you listen to Patty Trainer's show or you listen to Big Blue View or any of those shows, have you ever heard really a, a commentary or a discussion or a point counterpoint about Kayvon Thibodeau being a bust I mean it's it's really it's just it's it's a hot click item that a hot take item and you know Carl Banks he is he is a mouthpiece for the team he works for the New York Giants the fan is the network that uh you know the Giants are on and everything and he has to do these spots but it's amazing how these guys are just trying to you know Get attention for themselves in a crowded market by saying silly things and having Carl Banks have to be like the uh, take the fall for it or take like the, uh, you know, be the butt of the the bit. I, I just I really implore people, you know, this is not 1996 anymore, where the only outlet you can get to get information about sports or to give your opinion about sports is the basic generalist who has a show on four hours a day, who only does his prep by reading the newspaper in the morning, knows a little bit about everything, but a lot about nothing, and says stupid things. Because, you know, when you talk to the average fan who doesn't, you know, most fans don't listen to our shows. You know, we're 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 not even a blip on anything. But even some of the bigger shows are a small percentage of giant fans. You you know where some of these dumb takes are coming. They're coming because they listen to the fan. They read the post. They just, you know, I just implore all of you that don't even listen to dumb shows like this anymore. Let's 
take these, try to get these stations off the market because all they're doing is they're making you a dumber fan and a dumber person. And one of our goals on this show is to try to elevate the conversation. So when you're speaking to other fellow giant fans, it's not just the stupid hot takes or, you know, or other fans. So you can win an argument with somebody else. Like this is Jets giants weekend. You don't want to sound like a dummy. And unfortunately, you know, we live in a world now where whether it's sports or politics, it's gotcha moment and saying stupid things and, you know, people just latch on to it. So all I ask is just be better, you know, don't even listen to these garbage things and certainly don't take these points and think they are relevant at all. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what we all think in the grand scheme that general managers and coaches, they don't care what the fans think. They do their own evaluations. They do what they think is best for this team. So little long-winded rant there, but I'm just sick and tired of just these dummies taking up all the oxygen when there's more legitimate things to talk about with this team. Man, so uh, I was really glad that that's your opinion because this is just everything I hate about sports talk. Uh, it, mm -hmm. I, I find it to be exhausting conversation, and it was carried out in the most exhausting fashion, in my opinion. Um so, I, I mean, to me, this was just like three guys saying a bunch of nothing. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I, this is everything I hate about sports talk. I, if I were, had this on, I would shut it off. I, it's frustrating to listen to. I think it's fruitless conversation. It was literally fruitless since they were just shouting over each other for most of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, it's everything that I hate about sports talk. Um, and this yeah. is, you know, that, that shit like this and like skip bayless is the genesis of what led to us doing the show was just um you know just not being able it, to have conversation at all because it was just a bunch of idiots the, the bottom line is sports radio and radio talk radio as a whole is an industry that is dying ratings are way down ad rates are way down because now there's finally alternatives where people can go to get their information and their entertainment. I mean, entertainment is fine if you want to just entertain, but it should be entertainment that's not just toilet bowl humor or just, you know, guys acting like they're nine-year-olds sitting at a bar or something and just being stupid. So, I mean, if you want to have an honest debate about Kayvon Thibodeau being a bust, I don't even want to have that conversation because it's silly. I mean, if you're comparing him to, you know, uh, you know, Micah Parsons, well, that's not really fair because that guy is a generational player and everybody's probably much going to compare. So, I mean, so, so that, that's sort of, that, that's the problem I have here is that like the, the conversation we're having is actually a basic level sports conversation. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're expounding it into specifics uh, and then screaming about it and like acting like stats from one game matter. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like, you know, everyone's at fault here. Carl Banks is just continuously bringing up stats against what we had described as an edible O-line. Like, that we were like, yeah, they can eat. This is the week that they have to eat. You know what I mean? And they did exactly what we thought they would do. Uh, so, I mean, to repeat only stats from that as your only defense and, like, you know, legitimate things. Like, you know, he did drop an easy pick six. And, like, you know, it's, it's just – it's very yeah. silly and it comes down to this. Some players are generational and – they get picked in the same top five as the other players that are not generational. They're just really good. And that's it. That was the basis of their conversation. And also, it could have ended that way, but it didn't. They had to just keep doing nothing and saying nothing and shouting over each other until they hung up. And then they retweeted it and advertised it. And they couldn't it. wait. They, they yeah. could not wait to. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, I mean, it was it's gross barf. Uh, can we move on? Have we, we said it all? Okay. We've all right. Said it. Sick. Um Next thing, uh, we're getting some guys back uh, healthy, and we'll, we'll get to all that. But most importantly, it looks like Daniel Jones will not be among those people. Uh, he's still not been cleared for contact. He's practicing in as much as he throws. He would not be getting contacted in practice anyway. Um, but he is not cleared for contact. Uh, so it looks like we're going to get another week of Tyrod Taylor, which means we're going to get another week of – Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones comparisons. Um, more sports talk uh, fodder and more clickbait, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the biggest thing to me, Grump, it's very simple. 
the the discussion does not need to be is it Daniel Jones versus Tyrod Taylor. The discussion needs to be Tyra, uh, Daniel Jones versus the future. Tyrod Taylor, for whatever he does this year, is not coming back next year. He's going to command too much money, and as long as Daniel Jones is going to be on this roster next year, which there is a 100% chance, unless he does something really, really bad, he's going to be on this roster next year. So we're not building towards a potential future with Tyrod Taylor. So the discussion really needs to be, is Daniel Jones the guy you still want to move forward with for the term of the contract? Or, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, you know, if we still are sputtering along and have a dismal record, you can draft a franchise quarterback. Do you make it a long-term investment in that going forward? But this Jones versus Tyrod Taylor thing, I don't know. It's just, uh, what are we trying to do? I mean, this team is most, most, most likely not making the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, it's not a question of, well, we need Tyrod to get us into the playoffs. It, a lot of things have to break our way, including us being a heck of a lot better than we are now. So I don't know. I, I just well, let's get, let's get keep playing the season before we get into all these things. I think. Yeah, I mean, first of all, so long as Daniel Jones is not cleared for contact, it really doesn't matter to compare anything. So long as he right. can't play, it we're we're rolling with Tyrod because that's what we got. The right. future will take it as it comes. If Daniel Jones comes back and he's twice as good, we can attribute at least a good portion of Daniel Jones' struggles to a shoddier O-line than what Tyrod Taylor maybe got, or maybe Dable Kid. It's something other than, you know, whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Some kind of adjustment other than Daniel Jones getting healthy again happened. But, right. you know, we'll, we'll just deal with it as it comes. We can make that comparison when he comes back. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Tyrod is not coming back next year. He's going to be too expensive is probably correct. Um, either way, I, do you see the Giants drafting a quarterback no matter what next year? I mean, it is possible. Let's just pretend for a, mo a moment that the Giants win enough to be drafting in the teens. Are the Giants drafting a quarterback next year? I would say no. I would say if this season just completely falls apart and we get a – you know, a top three pick or a top five pick or something. And one of, you know, the elite guys is there and it's a guy they grade is very, very high. I can absolutely see it happening because it's almost like a get out of jail free card on Daniel Jones. Because if even if Daniel Jones is kind of middling along like he is now and he's, you know, decent, you know, not great, not horrible, but, you know, you're spending a lot of cap money on that. If you have the opportunity to really upgrade and have a higher upside with a a much, much cheaper salary for the first few years, I think you do it. But it has to be somebody that really moves the needle uh, and say this is a potential, you know, a, 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 a potential top five quarterback in the league. But I think just if they're drafting like 16th and you were, were working down the uh, down the list, you know, past uh, Caleb Williams, you know, past Panic, past all these guys, uh, I don't think they just draft just to draft. So, so you do think that there is a quarterback in this draft that has the potential to be in the top five or top ten or a top quarterback in the league? Oh, I mean, I think Caleb Williams actually. And, you know, a little side note. I was doing a little research today. Did you know Caleb Williams, what his, you know what his middle name is? You told me. It's a fun fact. Go ahead. Saquon. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> I, it's funny because I knew that and forgot it. Um, but go on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, the one thing I will caution giant fans who are listening to this, and I know this from living up here a long time, that this is not a college football hotbed part of the country. This is not the South. This is not the Midwest. This is not even the Pacific Coast, where you probably, you know, know most of your college football by, you know, watching highlights on Sports Center. You probably watch Game Day. You probably watch highlights. You probably just glance real quick and see what the poll is, you know, the, the, the AP poll. And then you watch, you know, bowl games, probably for gambling, and you watch the playoff. Caleb Williams this year is in a very unique situation. And it's unique to probably anybody in a long, long time. Caleb Williams has already won a Heisman Trophy. 
Caleb Williams is somebody that's on commercials. Caleb Williams is most likely going to be the number one or number two pick in this draft. USC already is out of it for the playoff and pretty much out of it for the last Pac-12. So you are probably seeing less than optimal Caleb Williams right now if you turn on a USC game. Don't let that distort your opinion that, well, he's not as good as what the hype is because this is, you know, we we always say we want our, you know, guys in the NFL to be professional if the season's going south or something. Remember, these are kids. These are 19, 20-year-old kids. And these are kids that are in a situation they've never been in before because now they get paid. They get money. They have more of a brand than they ever did before. I mean, college kids were never on commercials and things. And you see Caleb Williams. You see, uh, you know, uh, Dion's uh, kid on commercials. This is a whole new world. So, you have to get these guys a bit of a pass to what you're seeing. So my only point is, if you watch USC play, you know, Washington later this year or in a bowl game, and Caleb Williams is kind of uninspired his play, there's probably a reason for it. But, you know, there's enough tape of him and enough data points to say, if we're drafting second and he's there, you want this guy. Trust me. I am uh, not going to comment on his skills or abilities or anything he's done because uh, I haven't watched enough yet. But uh, you're 100% right about motivations. Um, and, you know, yeah, we're probably not getting the best of him in the situation mm-hmm. he's in. It's not unprecedented. We've seen it before. We've seen other players do, you know, more than that. We've seen players hit sit out whole seasons, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um. Other roster things going on. Eric Gray and Matt Parrott went to IR. Some roster shuffling. So we can stop complaining about Eric Gray. I promise I won't bring it up anymore. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jay Sean Corbin was part of the uh, roster swap. Has been picked up off the Panthers practice squad, I think. Um, let's get into it. yeah. Let's let's get into some injuries here. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like Jones is not going to play. He has not been cleared for contact. It is Thursday. Uh, I can't imagine that they are going to roll with him if he gets cleared on a Friday. But you know what? They've been pretty good at hiding injuries. They've fooled me before. I guess I won't rule it out, but I seriously, seriously doubt it. Again, we saw something. There was a stat where you know there were 25 guys or something that were listed as uh, – what, what's the lowest thing? Doubtful or – What's the lowest um, classification? I think, I think it's doubtful. But... Doubtful, and none of them have played that weekend. Right. So, oh, I mean, true. and remember, well, this... well I, hang on, but I mean, the doubtful, I think probably what I'm saying is, he, he's if he's not cleared for contact tomorrow, he's not playing. We we both agree on that. Oh yeah. My I mean... my my question is, if he is cleared for contact tomorrow, since that is currently the only thing holding him back from being a full participant. In practice, that's my question. Is he – is this coaching staff confident in him just going in there and playing or not? I I say I seriously doubt it. It's not about the I, doubtful designation or not. That's what I'm saying. I, I seriously doubt it also. Um, again, this is not a we need this game to make the playoffs. I mean we're not even playing a conference team, let alone a division team. So – I think there's a little bit of leeway for it. I And again, I'd rather have him as healthy as possible. I don't want to jerk around with a neck. I don't want a guy coming in who's not prepared. Uh, you know, he may be doing all his film work and, and mentally getting ready for it, but just has not had, you know, it's been a while since he's actually been in as close as you can replicating game conditions in practice. I would say I don't think he plays. I think he gets ready for next week. Um, looks like Andrew Thomas is possible, but John Michael Schmitz much more likely. Looks like Evan Neal is likely as well, but I don't know. I, I could see John Michael Schmitz playing. I think Thomas probably sits another week. I want your take on that as well. But my, my real question here is uh, if Evan Neal is a go, does he start, or is it still Tyree Phillips? You, you roll with Phillips, right? 
I was thinking you put Evan Neal back in. I think, but I think you have him kind of on a short leash. If he comes back and he's, you know, his usual bad or he's not 100% coming back from the injury, I, I, I think you pull him. But I, I think I think you bring him back. Well, my, my thinking was he, less so hot hand, more so uh, you have a guy coming back from injury. So you have him active, but you use him in Matt Parrott's role as the swing tackle, jumbo packages. So he gets those those snaps in the game as like a uh, I guess a warm up from injury game and you have Tyree Phillips who is healthier you know. well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little 4d chess answer for this I think I mean, a lot also, I think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not super like strong opinion on this I'm kind of you know I don't know I, I also I could be convinced kinda feel, I also kind of feel like with Evan Neal they may have to use a little bit of, of white gloves with him where He's been taking a beating both on the field and in the media and with the fans. And is he one of these guys that's kind of like a head case where if you say he, you're not coming back and you're not starting, that's going to damage a fragile psyche as it is? Or do you have him come in and start and say, you're the starter, go back out there and do it. But then you have more of a rotation with him. I mean, that. Even if it's something it's like, oh, for one week as you're working your way back from injury, some of these guys are just soft. And he might be – I think he's a little teetery right now on what his uh, psyche is with this team. So there might be some head games that have to be played with him also. Well, my question to you is if that's the case, is that curable? Because if it's not curable, then who gives a shit? If he can't sink or swim – at some point, he's going to play bad enough where you're going to have to pull him. And if he's not ever going to be able to recover from, you know, having a bad day or, or something like that, then ultimately, you got to make that fucking, uh, you got to make that determination. Um, yep, I agree. And, and I think it's better the sooner you make that determination. That doesn't mean you give up on him, but you know that you have a, a short shelf life with this player. This is not a second contract player. You need to start making plans for that. And you at least know it up front. I, I mean, if that is the case, like that kind of thing, like do you think that that's a curable thing, like being that kind of mentally soft? I think so. I, I, I just don't think we're there yet to make that decision on him yet. So I, you, you think it's like it's a product of him being a young player. Like if he can get through this hump at this time and develop properly in the future, he'll be all right. That's what you think, right? That's that's what okay. I would I would think you know, as he starts playing. The, the The expectation is that he will be a better player 10 games from now than he is now that he'll be better next year. I mean, it's possible he regresses. It's possible. He's just not that good, but the expectation is there's going to be progression in his skill set and with more reps, more experience, more confidence. So I'm not quite ready to, you know, start pulling plugs just yet. I think you go back out there and, um, you know, unless it's truly untenable and he's like, well, he's just, he's bad. And he's 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 gonna kill my quarterback, and he's killing drives or something. But I don't think we're quite there just yet. Okay, um, it looks like we're probably going to get Adoree Jackson back this week, I think, um, and that would be a huge help. Although they uh, they did pretty well against Washington, we'll get into this game and why it might be different. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's good to see that Barkley uh, has seems to have come back from his sprained ankle and uh while he does not look 100 percent to either of us he looks like he's 70 percent, which is still you know mere mortal and not the immortal that he is at 100 percent. Um, yep and and the number and then you know the, the running game kind of reflects that too but yeah we expect incremental improvement each week as he gets healthier and healthier right and and continued better play from this offensive line and also that, you know, we have more of a downfield passing game with Tyrod Taylor lately that, that all these factors should help him be more efficient and effective as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, as we were saying, on the flip side, the Jets are getting healthier. They just had a bye week. Uh, so all these guys that they didn't have in their victory over the Eagles, which is crazy, uh, <laughs> should be should be back and, and ready to go. The only guys that uh, it, it looks like Joe Tittman. 
but uh, still did not practice. So more more bad news for them on the offensive line. Uh, but everybody else, I think, is probably going to go. Uh, maybe if Randall Cobb is not able to go 100%, that might be something that's impactful in the game. But otherwise, I don't think I, – I, they're they're pretty healthy right now, <laughs> other, except, other than except, the big one. Yeah, you know, um, that's asking Mrs. Lincoln had she liked the play. I mean, but you know what? That, 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 <laughs> yeah, right, doesn't, that injury doesn't even count. That's of not course. even the 2023 Jets. We, that's we, some we hypothetical joke. Jets. We joke. We joke, right. That, but, that team yeah. never existed. Right. Um, all right, so what, why don't you give me your take on this game? How do you how do you feel about the Jets altogether? How do you feel about us? You know, which are what's our, where's our momentum's going? How do you see this matchup? Why don't you give me your general thoughts here? My thoughts are well, first of all, this is going to be a lot of fun because I don't believe we've ever been to a Jets Giants game, have we, Grump? I mean, we certainly haven't been to a preseason one. Uh, the the famous. Um, the 99-yard play by um, uh, that was Victor a Cruz. Christmas party for that us. was no, no, no. I was actually flying out to oh, out no. west. It was it was like Christmas Eve, I think, or yeah. something like that. So we've never actually got to experience this rivalry. I guess. I mean, no, it, that's it, not it, true. We were have we? Weren't we at like some garbage time week 16 loss in like 2015? Didn't we lose in like week week 16 on like a and um, uh, like a like a buzzer beater, essentially. I'm almost so, positive, but it was that, it didn't that's the impact it's had on me. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> both teams were not making the playoffs, and then right. that was like the whole thing was that like we, leading into the 2016 season is that we finally put together a defense that would close out games because we kept get, it was like 2015 was filled anyway. Go on. Okay, well, well, the, the point is this is the first time we really cared, I guess, about going to this type of – where the game is not in garbage time. This is, you know, two teams that can, if they squint really hard, they can maybe see the playoffs. To me, this is very simple. Make Zach Wilson beat you. Do everything you can to make them as one-dimensional as you can. Make him beat you. I mean, I don't care about that one half he had against Kansas City. He is, you know, not a good court. He he is a bust. If we want to talk about what busts are, this is somebody that number two pick in the draft and has looked awful pretty much since he's been in the league. Um, you have to make this team one-dimensional and say, Zach, go beat us. Make plays. Use your arm. So to me, it's all about just completely shutting down the running game altogether, have him make a play. Um, the question is, can we do that? <laughs> can, can, can our front seven stop the running game to make them completely one-dimensional? I think they can. I think that you know this league is so wonky now that there's going to be one game a week, every week this year, where you just throw it out and say, and that Jet Eagle game to me is that game. Um, you talk about momentum. I think the best thing that happened for the Giants was they had a bye right after it. So their their momentum, I think, kind of slows down a bit. Um, I think that win last week for the Giants really, really helps us momentum-wise because I think you stop the bleeding. You start with the one week at a time, and you know the you know the players they look at the schedule and they see they play the Jets. You know, they see there's a backup quarterback. They see that this is an opportunity to to grab a win and just build from there. I think momentum is on the on the Giants side, absolutely. I would like to think we can score more than 14 points. You know, we said last week everybody's excited about uh, Tyrod Taylor, but 14 points still would put us hypothetically as the 30th best offense in this league. I think we're going to need. We're gonna need a minimum of three scores in this game. We're gonna I think we I think we will get those. I think we win 17-10. All right. Um Yeah, listen, when I look at this game, uh I, I look at uh, all right, well, so let's start with uh, momentum here. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure if I agree with bye weeks slowing down or ramping up momentum. I, I think in the, in the case of the Jets here, it could go either way. 
you know, I think you could you could say that they might have escaped, but also like they are getting very key pieces back healthy, you mm-hmm. know, and they they're probably still on a on a bit of a high because that was a um, yeah, but that that's different than momentum though. That's just overall talent led or better. I, I I'm feeling like I think that it's am- both. I I think the yeah. the talent infusion into that momentum I think it still exists. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I think I agree maybe that bye weeks generally slow things down. I'm just saying I think you can make an argument either way. Uh, but uh, the defense, I think, can have a game where I think they can stack up really good performances. They ate really well against a bad offensive line against Washington, okay? But they happen to have a really good performance in Buffalo. Buffalo, at this point, seems to be a sliding-ish team, a sloppy team, one that was prone to having a trap game or something like that. But regardless of whether that's Buffalo's fault or the Giants' defense for being good, that's now two games in a row that the defense has looked you know, above average, like formidable in, in some ways. And now they have a chance to stack that again uh, with a, a, a game that can be stat-heavy. Um, mm-hmm. This is a bad Jets offensive line. It's still hurt. Like I said, Joe Tittman doesn't look like he's going to play, I don't think. And even if he does, it's so questionable that, I mean, offensive line is a, a play in which you get hit every single play. You know, that's just the nature of the position. So, uh, you know, what percentage you get him at is going to be important anyway. Um the Jets are bad even with their starters, and we saw that in the preseason matchup. And I, I think that there's going to be some really fun matchups in here. Um, but, yeah, I think that this is a game in which the defense can dominate and some momentum can be had there. Uh, and, and I think that Zach Wilson is a uh, quarterback that can be frustrated by Wink Martindale, uh, his system, his play calling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's all there. Um on the flip side, on offense, uh, what kind of sucks is that in the preseason matchup this this year, and uh, not not that that means anything, but in the preseason matchup, part of what I was looking at when I was grading it is that the Giants didn't play their starters. They played people like Tyrod Taylor, and a lot of what I saw was like, oh, man, but in the season, we won't <laughs> be playing. So, I mean, here we are with half the offensive line busted up, um, you know, Saquon Barkley, thankfully, is not on, you know, running with crutches. And we're still stuck here with Tyrod Taylor throwing the ball. And I'm not even sure that the shell-shocked and literally uh, shocked Daniel Jones, uh, I'm not even sure that that would be better. So um, I was really excited for the rematch of Jalen Hyatt and Sauce Gardner. I thought that that would be really cool to watch. Um especially because of the trajectory of Jalen Hyatt's like ascension through this season. I mean, like virtually non-existent and then, you know, had a huge catch in Buffalo that was legit and got taken away from him. So didn't become a stat and then had two really big catches last week was a part Mm -hmm. of their first win in forever. Uh, You know, I, I was excited for that. It still can be a thing, but here's my thing. Look, I just want to, I look at, the Jets defensive line and the and the huge rotation that they have. There's like six guys that are really good. And uh, I look at some of the stuff that they're doing with stunts and twists. And then on top of that, like just the pressure they get with their front four is crazy. And then they bring blitzes on top of that that are like sometimes pretty exotic. You got slot corners coming. Th- and I just look at it and I'm like, I, I just, I don't see our offensive line dealing with that. And so when I, I look at this game, I think that this game, really, the Jets are coming off of a bye. They have a slightly better defense in that I think that they happen to be more opportunistic with their turnovers. And we are awful at protecting the football. It's been like the one consistent thing this whole season. We are bad at protecting the football. And I think that that, at the end of the day, with two really shitty offenses, that's all that this game comes down to. I think they're just more opportunistic on defense and i think that we are worse at protecting the ball and i think the jets win this one 21 13 but both of these teams suck i i want to make one little counterpoint that i'm actually looking a little more forward to the hyatt sauce gardner battle because a couple of reasons one i think you know it's early but hyatt seems to has a little bit of a better connection with tyrod taylor that's fair and, actually yeah and and two 
you know, small sample size, but Tyrod throws downfield more than Daniel Jones has been throwing for whatever reason. So I think the likelihood of seeing those two matched up is greater than if we had the normal, if we had the Daniel Jones running it and the normal, you know, cast of characters out there. So it, in no, that I, one little respect, I think I'm a little more, I think I'm more, I think we're going to see that play out a little more than we would have in normal times. I, it was, I think it's more specifically that Tyrod just straight missed him in the preseason. Like he was wide open and he just missed him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, I, that's really where I, that was coming from. Not, gotcha. You're you're right with everything you're saying though. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the the connection clearly, uh, the tendency to throw it on field. I mean, listen, Jones is shell shocked. What we saw in you know after the Dallas game, from the Dallas game on, is not what we saw all summer, all right. summer and in the preseason. I know that that means nothing, but I'm just saying something happened when Andrew Thomas got hurt. That it was more than just bad O line play. Like Danny a, became twenty twenty one Danny all over. And then it, and then it got compounded worse with the Seattle game, which was worse. Yeah. Like you had a, you oh, had a yeah. double whack of it in three weeks. Yeah, and I, I you know, whatever. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, I look. I, I accept that this is a game that is winnable for the Giants. I just think that. Um, yeah, it might. You know what? It might come down to momentum. It might come down to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. You know, the, so the Giants are coming off of a game where, you know, in Buffalo they had a fumble and a pick. Um, last week against Washington they had six sacks. Washington only got out of that by completely altering the game plan. So it's not like they let up. They probably could have racked up over. I mean, probably into double digits if Washington remained what mm-hmm. they were doing. We should uh, have had a we should have had a pick six with the, the Thibodeau. Should have the had bust. a pick six, but we had a pick. Also, mm-hmm. no fumbles though, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no. Um, so I mean, so we have, we have two dominant performances. We have an uptick in, uh, I, I guess you could call it an uptick. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, we had three turnovers and uh, should have had four. So we had an uptick there. The Jets. Um, the defense yeah, is just overall listen, playing listen, better. Yeah. The, the Jets turnovers in that uh, that Eagles game, like the one pick was sort of like. Wasn't that the one that was like a screenplay or something that just like bounced off of somebody's shoe? Like, they the mm-hmm. Jets brought the house. The Eagles had literally the best play call you could have, which was a screenplay throwing right at mm-hmm. the blitz, and mm-hmm. like the ball was just like bounced off of a shoe and like turned into like Quinn Williams' hands. I think I could be remembering that wrong, but There's either way, of- I made a mental note that like something was very very fluky, and also the Eagles dropped two wide open passes in the middle of the field. I don't know. There was some some fluky stuff that happened in that game, but usually when you see a very good team play a very bad team, the equalizer is turnovers, which may or may not be fluky, and fluky things that happen, fluky bounces, things you don't expect to happen happening, guys you expect to catch balls dropping balls. Uh, you know, just inopportune stuff that happens. And that's, that's you know, really the difference in this league between the very good and the very bad team sometimes. It's just four plays that go all happen to go one way from one team over the other. I hey, am, listen, wait, one question. Go ahead. Okay. No, I was going to ask you, um, what do you expect as far, you know, momentum? What do you expect this crowd to make up to be? It is a one o'clock game, so that's usually – a season ticket holder go to the game type of thing but you know obviously it's the jets so there's a lot of jet fans in the area and tickets are what are you are you thinking 90 10 60 40 what, what do you think this is going to be more jet fans than giant fans oh no, I'm, I'm, so. I'm sorry 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 that uh, that that is not what i actually meant okay um, uh what do I want the crowd makeup to be? I, I think there's going to be a very large contingent of Jets fans. I think it's going to be a very divided crowd. Uh, the reason I think so is I think that there was a lot of Jets hype going into this year. And I think that Jets hype is always twice as zealous as Giants hype in terms yeah. of tangible things like uh, mm-hmm. attendance. Uh it so, just means more to them than, than it does to the Giants. Right. Everything. They, they, I, where are they I measuring? So, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is that that was – I mean, and that's not a that's not necessarily a judgment on Jets fans, you know, you know, whatever. I mean, this is an easy – this is a game I can go to that's not a home game. 
I mean, we would do the same thing. It's a, it's, it's mm-hmm. literally a home game that I have to buy a ticket to. It's not part of my season ticket package. So it's a really easy one to want to go to anyway. So this is marked on the calendar right away as an easy away game that you get to go to. So there's that level too. I mean, this is super easy. You have joint households. We're one of them. I mean, I, I have a, a sister that married into one. So, you know, it, I, I think the, there's a lot of like really easy things right there. But the, I think the crux of it is number one is the Jets fervor, I think, is twice as much as Giants fervor in terms of tangible things like that. Um, yeah. I also think that uh, right now the Jets have a lot more to play for and have since week one. I mean, you lose Aaron Rodgers is kind of crap, but they did win that game. And then they have beaten the Eagles. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So any last minute I didn't plan to go to this game or I did plan to this and canceled it, they are – I mean, there is a – legitimate like we could win this division because or not win the division but we could sneak in because buffalo was sliding new england suddenly looks like garbage and really it's just miami running away with things so we could sneak in as wild card. i mean there is some upswing with the jets as well well to your point this kind of transcends teams and the actual play on the field this is again you know families didn't get to go they'll tailgate together they never get a chance to tailgate it's Big brother, little brother. That's battle for New York. It's Snoopy Bowl. It's all that nonsense. So, I think I think personally, it's going to be like as many Jet fans in the building as Cowboy fans, where they have a a loud presence, a notable presence. But don't be confused. It's still a giant home game when they play the Cowboys. Don't be confused. It's still a giant home game. But there will be a audibly, noticeably loud Jet contingent. There will be. There will be a lot of green, and there'll be in some places small little pockets of green. So one thing I will guarantee you is it will not look like last week's one o'clock game in our section where there was like a whole empty row in front of it. Like this will be sold out, right? Every game, yeah, yeah, I, sold out and and. But you know what I mean. Seats, it will be tush, packed. Tushes in the seats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we will be shoulder to shoulder. Yes. All right, so we gave our predictions. Uh, let's move around the NFC East. Dallas, and uh, they are hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Dallas, I believe, is coming off of a bye? They are. Hmm. <laughs> um, this game's in Dallas or in L.A.? It's in Dallas. I have Dallas going all the way with this one. This is easy. I, I do, too. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Dallas is one of those teams where they're going to frustrate you, but – you can't predict that these frustrations will happen. They're going to come throughout the season. They're going to come up and bite you when you don't expect it. So I, you know, they are better. They are more talented than the Rams. They will beat the Rams. I, I you know, I just think that the the Rams are uh, they're a feisty team. They're a struggling team, but they they couldn't squeeze one out against Pittsburgh. And I know they got cheated out of a last minute thing, but uh, you know, I just don't I don't see it. I don't see them competing with Dallas this week. That's all. No. Agreed. Uh, Philadelphia is traveling to uh, FedEx Field to play the same Washington Commanders that the Giants just uh, ate for lunch. Thoughts? All right, I'll throw I'll throw it out there. Go for it. Washington has played very well against Philly in the last couple of years. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen again. All right, let's hear. It. I, I I I you know this we I keep I hate falling on this. This league is very wonky, but this league is very wonky, and. I think when you have division rivals playing each other and knowing each other as well as they do, I think that that difference between great and eh gets smushed. And I just have that that sense that um, Washington plays up when they play Philly, and I I, I think I think they're going to get it done. I mean that's my bold bold predict. I call it my Daniel Jones hundred yard bold prediction of the year. This will be my for this year is that. Uh, I think Washington pulls the upset. I don't. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's not a bold. That's not a bold response, but yeah. I can... <laughs> I, so I agree with you, though. Um, I do think that Washington seems to play up to Philly's level. Uh, it's been year after year at this point. Look, I think um, looking at Philly, it looks like that is a super talented roster with a um, uh, a cutthroat head coach. Let's leave it at that. And I mm-hmm. think that. 
the loss of both offensive and defensive coordinator, I, I'm not saying that they haven't upgraded or, you know, whatever. All I'm saying is that transitioning to offensive and defensive coordinator at the very least has hindered this team. They look <laughs> sloppier than they did last year. Yep. Just all yep. around. I mean, drop passes, you know, they stuff, More stuff looks all screwed yeah. up. And I, I know that they were yeah. hurt a little bit too. That probably didn't help, but I, I think that uh, – just in general, they don't look as sharp as they did last year. I think that they maybe lost some important pieces, and uh, among those were the coordinators. So, I mean, uh, w- that being said, it's really hard for me to uh, pick Washington after watching that O-line in two straight weeks get absolutely dominated by defensive lines that are good. Um, I still think Phillies is really, really good. Uh, it, it's hard for me to imagine Sam Howell surviving Philly's O-line. But you know what? I well, could have said the same thing against the Jets. So Speaking of surviving, does Ron Rivera survive till Thanksgiving? Yes. Ron Rivera <laughs> survives the entire season, and I think that his role has been written in stone already. He will be a off-season transitionary part of the new ownership new regime, new change, whether that includes a name or not, a logo or not, he will be a part of that as a off-season soft casualty. That's my prediction. Okay. Because that looked like a team that <laughs> looked poorly coached and poorly excited last week and just felt like a guy. And, and with the coaching, the, the new ownership situation, that they want to completely turn the page. Um, I really expect them to go big game hunting in the off season. And I think if this keeps going South, like not saying that Philly's the, the impetus for it, but if Philly blows them out and they look listless and they look dead, I could see, I could see a change coming sooner than later. Well, I don't think there's anything incorrect about, uh, throwing feelers out there and getting things lined up on the, Mm -hmm. uh, assumption that he has already got a decided fate at the end of this year anyway i just think that they are going to do him gracefully uh out i think that that you know daniel snyder was the real smear on this team and the organization and uh ron rivera is the great face that they could put on there as part of that transition they've gotten the smear off of you know they can move on and i think that you know He's kind of the dignified face of the transition. You know what I mean? I think it's just set in stone that he's going to be like an end of the year thing. But it's understood. You know what I mean? Like they know everything's cool, whatever. Uh, I, I think that that's sort of there. Hmm. Um, and you know, not, and nothing stops them from big game hunting in the meantime. You know, they can do all that, right? Uh, long as long as the big game is not under contract now, unless right, you go, right. unless you unless you backdoor, you know, communicate. With, with but someone, like, what about but, uh, like somebody like uh, Harbaugh? Just, you just could, throwing that out there. I'm not saying you like, could, you you could talk to him right now if you wanted to. Exactly, exactly mm-hmm. my point. So like, they could be theoretically doing a Harbaugh deal right now with the understanding that Ron Rivera is toast. Yeah, but I, I think if, if if he's lost this team this year, mm-hmm. you know. You know, remember, there's still half a season I, left. And, I, I still, you know, I, I think it would have to be something where it's just like a total, like, behavioral issue, like something's out of control, uh, situation. But even if it, you know, they don't look super lost to me. I mean, let's let's face it, man. They almost tied the game. That was a dropped a dropped pass on fourth down that would have been a first down. They would have had a new set of downs to tie the game. It was possible. Right, they didn't look not... lost to me. If obviously, if they totally lose the team, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think he. I think he survives the year. I, I, I. They just seem. They just seem poorly coached and poorly like. There was no aggressiveness at all in any of it. It just seemed it's, like it's, a very blah team. It's flat, but it's not a mess. You know what I mean? If it yeah. becomes a mess, then yeah, I think I. I see your point, but yeah, they were flat. But they were still, like I said, they almost tied the game. So it's not like they weren't even competitive. Like, they were right there. But yeah. yes, they did look flat. They looked talentless in some spots. But don't, know, let's, don't let scores be deceiving. Don't let anything be deceiving. They, they yeah. have more wins than us still. They have three yeah, well. wins. <laughs> and uh, they, you know, that, that's for starters. And, you know, second of all, uh, 
we just because they got smashed by I mean we got smashed by Dallas. I mean we're not talking about firing Dable just because of that, you know. So No, no, but I mean he's been there. This is what his fourth year there. Yeah. You know, like I said, I think he was just he was part of a very calculated transitionary thing there. Mhm. Right. I am I'm, I'm not saying based on current he's going, but I'm saying if this slides out of control, you know, I I don't know if he's going to get the you know, you're just seeing in the year come hell or high water because you know if this team gets into the embarrassing levels, this becomes you know we're going to uh, run a sneak on you know third down on the four yard line type of embarrassing. He's not going to last. Well, I mean, why not? Joe Judge lasted through it. Yeah, I don't like I said. Like they're already a three win team. I mean, it's it's hard to see them not being something like a five or six win team. I don't think they're going to be totally listless. You know, so early as Thanksgiving, like you said, like I, yeah. I just don't. It, like it would have to be an abject disaster, and you know, I guess we, I guess we have different perceptions of what they look like last week. I, I just, I saw a team that was just, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I think, I, think good, but, but, I also think, I also sometimes you see coaches when they think they have the writing on the wall, just coaching very timidly and i felt like that's the way that game was coached last week too it was definitely coached without nuts you're not wrong yeah i mean i don't know who what do i know but you know this hunch just, just give me my thoughts yep yep all right so we will be at this game um one o'clock i'm excited for this game Our this is a game time decision right for you you're not game time decision. Uh, oh no 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 game this is gonna be for you, this right? is going to be we're hoping that delta does its job i have a 6 a.m flight from jacksonville um I wouldn't count on seeing me at the tailgate, but if everything works out well, I may make an appearance. Uh, if not, I will be will be in our customary seats in 124. Um, glad to hear Ron is feeling better and should be joining us again this week. Um, glad it's all you're all feeling better. Um, but yeah, we I'm very excited. This is a this is rivalry week. So far, I'm one and one. Got two biggies this weekend, and uh, I'm excited. So it's all about. I am excited as well. So we will see you. Uh, I'll see you maybe at the tailgate. We'll see you at the game. And if not, we will see you Tuesday morning on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or otherwise YouTube. Until then, go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.